Welcome back to the Healing Journey Podcast, where we share stories of everyday life, where people are healing, walking along their journey, flourishing, walking in purpose, pursuing purpose. Today, I have one of my very special guests, a sister, a co-worker, a laborer in, in the healthcare field, and just a warrior. Go ahead and introduce yourself for us, um, sister friend. Hi, my name is Cynthia, and I am going to be talking on tonight's podcast with my sister friend, Letitia. Yes, now you know, I always tell people the way I always start off, the way we started and met each other. Now, now we, we, you know, we keep it real. So guys, for all you who are listening and you working in these facilities and these jobs with people that you don't know, sometimes you may just have to stop and embrace them. Cynthia and I worked together for about two months or so and we just saw each other in passing and we were just sizing each other up she was looking at me and I was looking at her I was trying to read her and peep her out and she was trying to read me (laughs) and so that's how we met but you know because we we met and we took the time and one day we was in that room you remember we were in that supply room Cynthia and then yes we we were So we didn't rush anything. We didn't force anything. We just let everything happen. It was Saturday. Both of us- It happened naturally. Exactly. So we didn't rush it. We didn't have to force it. And we met in that supply room, Cynthia, and we talked for hours and hours, didn't we? Yes, we did. The first thing I remember you telling me, you said, Letitia, I shouldn't even be alive. I sure did. And where did that come from? Tell us, tell us um, a little bit about your background, Cynthia. Um, like, like where'd you come from? How? What do you? What do you do? So, I am in the nursing field. Um, I've been in the nursing field for many, many years. I take care of patients. Um, I work up under other nurses. Um, So I have a lot of medical um, background, Mm -hmm. but needless to say, I never thought that I would be in that bed. Wow. Watch this. This is what we always talk about, Cynthia. And Cynthia cared for for her patients so compassionately, and I didn't know the story. So when you were taking care of patients, I can tell that you are not just there for a paycheck, Cynthia, that it is personal to you. Yes. you come, you take care of your patients. You don't complain. You may be tired. You may have not have had a short lunch, but you take really good care of your patients. And I noticed that. But you said one thing. You said, I didn't know I was going to be in that bed, Cynthia. When you told me your story, I left that whole day. That night I went home and I cried. And I was like, this is unheard of. So wow. to, walk me back to that moment and what was going on in your life when you said, when I was a patient. Okay, so when I became a patient, which I, like I said, needless to say, I never thought that I would have someone looking down at me in the bed and having to clean me and having to tell me what to do. So on August the 15th, 2020, I was at work. I was the supervisor on duty for that weekend. Um, the night before I had a food, it was regular. I didn't feel sick. Mm-hmm. It was just a normal evening, you know, and a normal morning. But the night before I remember telling a friend of mine, I was like, you know, I said, I'm tired. 
I don't think I'm going to go to work in the morning. And she was like, no, Miss Fint, you know, you got to go to work. And I was like, okay. So I, and I love coffee. So I went, like I said, a regular morning. I got to work. I clocked in. I had my morning meeting with my staff. I was telling them, you know, my expectations. And I would say around like maybe nine-ish, nine, nine-thirty. And forgive me if I don't, some of the stuff that I'm going to tell you guys on this podcast is what I was told for the aftermath. So I'm going to tell you what I remember and also what I was told after everything transpired. So about 9.30, I started getting a headache. And I've always had headaches. I've had headaches for years, but I never thought to, you know, go get it checked to see what it was. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, it was an ordinary day and my head began to hurt more extreme than it ever has. And I was kind of like, you know, wow, this is different. And my coworker was in the office with me because we were inside the office. And I was like, you know, I said, girl, I said, my head hurt. I said, I'm going to go get some goodie powder and some water. I said, you need something. She was like, you know, yeah, just bring me back some water. So as I proceeded to leave the building, I noticed that it was just more intense than ever before. And me again, still not thinking, okay, this, this is going to eventually be something serious. And you just taking something for, you know, to relieve the pain. So I drove to the gas station. I got what I needed. I came back in the building. And by this time, I'm like, my head is just like pouncing. But again, I've had headaches before. So when I went to the bathroom, I noticed that I had voided on myself. And for me, I was like, okay, what's going on? And again, my head is hurting worse and my vision and stuff began to blur. So I had called my coworker and I said, you know, bring me something. You know, I said, I need to clean myself up. She said, okay. As I walked out of the bathroom, I heard a loud pop in the back of my head. And I kind of buckled a little bit. And I felt another pop in the front and I buckled even more. And it was another one on the right side of my head. And I remember I did scream and I went down and I went face forward. And that's the last thing I remember. When I woke up, it was three days later. Wow. I was in intensive care unit. I had a tube in my head. I had machines around me. I didn't know what was going on. And at that point, I became very combative. But I was combative, and I didn't know it before I actually woke up to realize, okay, I'm in the hospital. And it was like the nurses around me, they were explaining to me, they was like, oh, they was like, you had a stroke and a brain aneurysm. Mm. And for me... I, at first, I didn't believe them. I was kind of like, okay, what kind of game is this? And, you know, I started looking around and I seen, you know, all the IVs going. I heard the machines. And it was just, kind I couldn't talk. 
Mm. So, and I was on a vent and I was kind of like, okay, so I'm just looking. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what day it was. I didn't know what year it was. I had completely forgot everything. I didn't know how old I was. I was voiding on myself. It was, it was just something that I was just kind of like, okay, I thought maybe somebody had did something to me. So I'm just looking around and they're, you know, doing my IVs, you know, they're taking care of me. And I became, again, I became combative because I didn't know what was going on. But as the days and stuff went by and I was just laying there and I was kind of like, okay, Lord, how did I get here? You know, like what happened? And I remember on duty one night, a nurse had came in. This was like, maybe I would say that Friday. And I had collapsed on the job that Saturday. And when she came in the room, you know, she introduced herself. She was like, hi, my name is Brittany. I'm going to be your nurse for tonight. And I was, you know, like, okay. But again, my mind wasn't, you right. know, really registering what had really happened. Right. So she began, she sat at the bed because she said, she said, um, you're my only patient. She said, because you're critical care. And I was kind of like critical care. And I was like, you know, I'm looking out, you know, trying to look out the the part for the door, but they had the curtains drawn. And I was kind of like, I said, well, what happened? I said, how did I get here? And she began to tell me the story of how I came through intensive care through the emergency room. I was DOA, which is dead on arrival. She said I had no pulse. So they immediately started to, you know, doing CPR, trying to resuscitate me. And she said at that point, they were kind of like, okay, you know, we were trying to bring this lady back. And she said that they were working and working and working and working for like over an hour. And she said it finally came to a point where the doctor was kind of like, she's not going to make it. Wow, wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You went from perfectly normal at work with your coworkers, head pounding. Yes. The next thing you know, you woke up, you felt the buckles, you fell into waking up to to people telling you about the circumstances and what happened. Yes. You went from being a caretaker to needing taken care of. Cared of, yes. In, in a yes. span of 12 hours or so, just like that. Yes. And you were on the Yes. And I want to say to you, ladies and gentlemen, don't ever think that your life can't change in a blink. Wow. Because mine did. I went from walking on my feet to supervising other healthcare workers to being on my back in the hospital in the dead middle of the COVID. Wow. We had been in the COVID for about, I say eight or nine months. And I was more worried about catching COVID than I was getting well, because again, I didn't know what was going on. The first thing in my mind was hospital COVID. You're gonna get COVID, you're gonna die, you're gonna die in here. That's That's what, my mind was registering like this is it I literally was like okay this is where I am I could not walk I could not talk I could not get up 
I couldn't do anything for myself. When I say I couldn't do nothing for myself, I couldn't do nothing for myself. Nothing. Wow. So obviously, And I remember, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm just saying, so obviously you went from, again, have being walking talkie doing everything for yourself to uh-huh. not knowing where you were in the hospital to where you are now uh-huh. obviously you're alive and not dead and you can do things for yourself yes. and you're driving and yes. and living in God's yes. doing what you have planned for your life what was the mindset shift that you had to have in those moments when people were telling you hey you were dead you were left for dead hey you never gonna walk again hey I don't know how you're gonna survive this like how did you what was your mindset when I finally realized like because of course my family was calling me they was talking to me and mind you my family couldn't even come at that time because the doctors was like if they didn't want me to catch COVID Hmm. and so my mindset again was oh my god this is it I'm 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 gonna die here but when the nurse began to tell me everything that had transpired and how I came back to life, I sat straight up in the bed. She heard me in the room. They had, you guys, they had put the sheet over me. Mm-mm. Wow. And they was like, we, we need to call her family because this is a done deal. And she said that I sat straight up in the bed. Yes. I looked around and I began to pull out my IVs and all that stuff. When she told me that, and for me to get, once I was in that hospital room, I heard the machine. I couldn't do nothing for myself. I silently began to pray. Mm. And I said, Lord, I said, not my will, but yours. And I asked God, I said, God, I said, I want to get out of this bed. I'm not ready yet. And I said, I feel like I have more to do. And I started thinking about my children and my grandchildren. And I was like, Lord, if you let me get up. And I know sometimes we teeny-totty with, you know, the Lord. But I promised him that I will forever indebt my life to him forever indebt my life to him and I said Lord I just want to get out this bed I said I don't want to be like this because when you're on the other side of the fence it's a whole different ball game when somebody has to give you medicine when somebody has to you know push push IVs down you I didn't know what they was pushing I didn't know what they were doing I didn't know if I was going to make it but it took me to pray silently to myself And I just prayed every day. And I said, Lord, please let me move. Let my legs move again. Let my hands move. And I remember my family telling me when they would call me on FaceTime, I didn't do nothing but blink. They said when they would call my name, I would just blink, look around and blink. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, I didn't eat for a whole month. Wow. The only thing I drank was the water. Wow. That's it. That's all I wanted was water. And I remember when my brain started to comprehend, like, you're in this bed. You can't get up. And I would try to, like, push the bed because I knew how to work work a hospital bed. 
So things started becoming, you know, familiar to me. And I would push the buttons on the bed and I would try to get out. And they would come in and be like, you you can't walk. You can't get up, Miss Cynthia. You can't. And I was would be like, yes, I can. And they had so much trouble with me because I kept telling them, I'm going to get out this bed. I'm going to walk again. Right. And I believe that and I trust them. And you guys, me and Letitia talking, she will always tell you one word I always say is trust them. Yes. Because when everybody was gone, when the friends the the people you thought you was going to be there be there for you when you're in a alone place you ain't got no choice but to trust them right so god put me in a position where i couldn't lean on nobody but him that was it and when you're put in a position as i was where you couldn't walk you couldn't talk they telling you and they even told me, we're going to put a peg tube in you because you're not eating. Mm. And I couldn't comprehend everything at that time. And I remember, if I can remember correctly, I remember my sister was calling me. And she was like, Cindy, they're going to put a tube in you. Mm. And again, you guys, my mind is still trying to, to grasp what's going on. Why am I here? How did I get here? But I'm going to tell you, anger never set in wow i trusted them and i'm gonna tell you it humbled me as well because i was so used to getting up doing for myself wow when you're used to opening up the door in the morning to your room opening up the door to come in your home cooking the food that you want to eat starting your car is different when you're being told you will never do that again they told my family she will never walk and talk again. Right. We're going to have to put her in a nursing home. Wow. And when you're being told wow. Cindy, that you're going to... I tell you all the time that you're such an inspiration and that your life is here for a reason. Mm-hmm. You're such an inspiration. What would you say to the people who says, man, listen, I'm struggling in life. I may be suicidal. I may not want to live. I may feel like my life is not perfect. I feel like um, I don't have it all. What would you say to these people who, you know, and people like me, because sometimes we can take life for granted. What would you say? Right. We get down. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. We take you- life for granted. We do. We take, we take, we're not, one thing I even had to learn was you have to be thankful for every single minute that you breathe. Every single breath you take. And I would say to the people, I would say when you feel suicidal, when you feel depressed, when you, when you don't want to get out the bed, always think about is somebody somewhere laying in a hospital bed or even at home in a bed they can't do nothing for themselves Mm. we need to embrace life we need to enjoy this life that god has given us because again it can be taken in a blink when i mean in a blink in a blink you could be up on your feet and five minutes later be in a stretcher on your way to the to the hospital Mm -hmm. and then when you get there they're telling your family she not gonna he or she not gonna make it so 
I would challenge all of you to always, you got to stay in prayer. You got to stay connected to the master Mm. because he's the only person. And I had to learn that as well. When all hope is gone, when the friends are gone, when the husband don't understand, when the wife don't understand, when no one understands, the only thing I can tell you is to pray. And I know sometimes it's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling y'all, there was nothing that I could do for though all that time I was in the hospital. And not just in the hospital, when they released me from the hospital, I was released out of ICU. Mm. So I never went on a regular floor. I went from being released to ICU to rehab. Because again, you know, and if y'all are know how the billing system goes, the insurance, you can only lay in that bed for so long. So my family wasn't thought that I wasn't ready. And when I go back, I, I don't think I was either. But I again, I had to pray. I had to trust God on every angle of my life. And I had to remember, why am I here? So if you are suicidal, if you think all hope is gone, just always think about somebody out there is fighting to breathe, fighting to take their last breath. I mean, be glad that we can get up in the morning. Be glad that we can turn on our water. We can take, we can bathe ourselves. We can cook ourselves. We can take care of our children ourselves. I never thought that I would be that to the point of taking care of Cynthia. And y'all, I cherish every day I get out that bed. And some days I don't feel like it. I have to push. Yes. I have to push. And when you push and trust them, I'm telling you, and you ask for strength. And I always say on some days when I have my bad days, because again, I had a stroke and a brain aneurysm. And I remember my doctor told me and my family, he said her brain took a heavy hit. He said it took the hardest hit I've ever seen. And ladies and gentlemen, people don't live through what I went through. That's the truth. Along this journey, I have walked into many a room and the the person was gone. Oh, they had a stroke and they can't move no more. And I'm going to throw this in there, Miss Letitia. I just recently lost a friend of mine mm-hmm. and I never thought that I would get that call yes. that my friend had the same exact thing happen to me it happened to her, wow. but she didn't survive it. I tell you, you're still alive for a reason. Your life is, is here for a reason. And so I, I'm here. You are such an encouragement. You are walking, talking, living testimony. As we conclude, what would you, what, what do you tell yourself on those challenging days? I know you, we all have those days. What do you tell yourself on those days when you're like, listen, you know what? I don't want to get up. I don't want to get out of bed. I'm, I'm having a bad day. What do you tell yourself to encourage yourself on those days when you feel like giving up? When I have bad days, and I never did this before, you guys, I never did this before. And what made me start doing this 
was I asked the nurse when I was in the hospital, I said, I want a mirror. I want to see. Because they had to shave my head on the right side because I had a nine-hour brain surgery. Mm-hmm. And mind you, that wasn't the only surgery that I had. But I asked her for that mirror. And I talked to myself in that mirror. And I said, see, you're going to get up. You're going to be okay. Wow. You're going to persevere. You're more than a conqueror. And I always say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And when I have those days where my muscles ache or I just don't feel like it, Hmm. I go to that bathroom or I look in my bedroom and I always look in the mirror and I always remind myself of I wasn't almost here. Hmm. And I tell myself, come on, Finn, you got to push. God is going to give you strength. Every little step you take today, whether you feel like it or not, God is going to give you strength to move on. And I promise y'all that that has kept me going. I always speak to myself. I have grace. And Letitia can tell you when we talk, I always say we have to give ourselves grace. Absolutely. And so, and I used to then be like that. I used to be like, oh, look what you did. You didn't do it right. You didn't. But now when I look in the mirror and I speak to myself and I speak over my life, I always say, today, give yourself a little bit of grace. You might not move as fast as you used to. You might not run as fast as you used to. You might forget because my problem where I used to beat myself up about is forgetting. And mind y'all, I forget all kind of stuff still. But instead of beating myself up, I always say, give yourself grace. Just go look in the mirror in the morning and say, what is my reason for being here? And then always think someone else is in a worse, more situation than you are. So good. Thank you for sharing that perspective, Cynthia. I tell you all the time that you you, you truly are a life, a life giver. You are walking, you are giving life, your life is sustained. You are not here by chance. I don't think that we met that day by chance. I feel like it's full circle that it is a journey. We want everybody to tell us about your podcast that you started, Cynthia. How can people find you? So I have a I have a podcast. It's called Cynthia's Healing Journey. And you can tap in and listen to me. I actually go through a lot more in-depth detail of what I went through, um, the rehabilitation side of it, the learning how to use a walker. I went home with a walker. I went home with a wheelchair, something that I never wanted, a shower chair. And I'm like, I'm giving these to patients. So when you are on the other side, it it makes, I'm so thankful, y'all. I'm so thankful that I'm here I thank God every day that I'm here. So tap into my podcast. It's called Cynthia's Healing Journey. And you can listen to my um, healing journey story. There's more to come on my podcast. So I encourage you to tap in and listen. Awesome. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for sharing your story, Cynthia. We definitely have to get you back on for another part two to understand where you're going in your healing journey and how you're doing. But we are so grateful for your presence, your words of wisdom, and your words of encouraging. 
Thank you for listening. Thank you for being who you are. Just thank you for being an encouraging spirit. We thank you. You're welcome. This is the Healing Journey Podcast, where we love God, lead well, and live simply. Thank you for tuning in. Amen.